essentially there's only two big problems in this world. And that is that we do not respect nature and we do not respect each other. We try to contribute to solving these problems with the company, that uh, with Grombio. This is the Gibble podcast. Every episode, I talk to persons that shine a new light on our built environment. I'm Jessica, editor of Get Inspired by Light magazine. Get Inspired by Light is an initiative of Trilux. This time I'm talking to Jan Berbey, owner of Grown Bio. His company uses mycelium and plant-based waste to create a fully bio-based alternative for oil-based products, such as styrofoam. Is mycelium, a fungus that's been on the planet for millions of years, the green solution? I'm Jan, Jan Berbey. I founded Grown Bio a few years ago, five years ago, less than five years ago. We make products of mycelium and organic waste streams. And before that, you were an advisor of sustainable packaging. What was for you the biggest driving force in creating this company? It actually happened because of a question from a customer. I was working for a customer in the edible mushrooms industry. They asked me if I could find an alternative for the blue plastic that is now always seen when you buy, buy champignons in the, in the supermarket. And I found somewhere the word mushroom packaging on the internet. And I thought, well, let's see what this is. Maybe I have a solution for this customer's question. To my surprise, it was nothing like <laughs> the blue plastic uh, bin that we use for the mushrooms, but it was packaging made of mushrooms, which made me even more curious and intrigued me more. So I started looking into it and it, uh, well, it appears to be an innovation or an invention created uh, or found by a company called Ecovative Design in the US, in New York, in New York, New York State. And then I, I reached out to them, and, well, made contact and started the conversation about if this could be a product for Europe, because my, the customers I was working with as a packaging advisor were all European-based companies, and they were doing this still in the, in the US. So it led to, well, a nice conversation and a few even requests. One of them was really a project. And every step that I took along the way made me more, let's say, enthusiastic about this material and it motivated me more to dig deeper into it. So, so it was, uh, at first it was a bit of a coincidence. It was a coincidence indeed, yeah. I just found it just by, by Googling uh, sustainable packaging solutions indeed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, that's that's interesting. It wasn't at that time, so five years ago, it wasn't something that was available in Europe yet. That's true. It was not available. That's a question that people ask me often is, well, why only then? Because this exists so long. And indeed, mycelium is here already for millions of years. Organic waste is here already for millions of years. And, uh, and even if you just look around in the forest, you sometimes see the mycelium crawling up onto the, 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 the chunk of, an, of a dead tree because mycelium is basically the cleaner of the forest. So it's just, let's say, making use of existing intelligence in nature to solve a current day societal problem. Yeah. And could you shortly explain what mycelium is, what it does or how you use it? Sure, yeah. So mycelium is basically the name for the root network of mushrooms. It's probably best explained by just going through the, the, the cycle of mushrooms recreation. 
So when you start, let's say, draw a mushroom on a piece of paper, you will just have a stem and a cap. And usually if you draw a mushroom, it's going to be a red cap with white dots. (laughs) Now, under that cap, you will see, you won't see, but the spores will, will be released by the mushroom. And those spores are taken by the wind and land somewhere else in the forest or in soil. These spores are tiny, are basically invisible. You can have a million on the tip of your finger. But when these spores land in the forest, they start to become active and create roots, create a network. Hyphae is the official name for it. And uh, basically, it would look like a big plate of spaghetti, but then underground being mycelium. And this mycelium will then, if the time is right, create mushrooms. So mushrooms will pop out of the forest floor. And then the whole cycle starts again. So when when people ask me with with the packaging or the products that we make, what if spores are going to be released from the packaging? I say, well, there will be no spores because we work with mycelium and not with spores. That's another stage of the life cycle. Mycelium is literally a network of threads that are below the the ground. Yeah. What does it do? Because it's not only the mycelium, right? In the packaging or in the material. That's correct. Because the mycelium in the forest will, uh, it's an organism that needs to live, breathe, and will grow. And that's exactly what it does. It finds nutrients in the, in the, in the soil, in the forest floor. Based on that, it, starts, it's, it continues to grow and form a network. It even does much more, which is really interesting. I can maybe explain that uh, or talk about it a bit later. But what we are using is the, the strength and the growth speed of the mycelium. It grows very quickly. And what happens in the forest is what we replicate in our factory. So I have here, uh, you can hear, uh, yeah. uh, you can see and hear it. I have here a bag of the substrate. What you basically see is hemp waste fibers, very small fibers that are in, in which we have mixed the mycelium. And currently, you cannot, cannot see it, but currently the mycelium is just growing, finding its way, binding all the hemp fibers together. So the yeah. hemp is the, or the organic waste, is the nutrient for the mycelium, while the mycelium is growing and binding it all together. Now, I, this I show you in the back, but if I would ha- make that happen in a mold, it would take the shape of that mold. And, there, and so basically, if we can make a mold, we can grow it, the product in, into a specific shape. And that is what we do. We don't take the forest floor into our factory, but we take the nutrients, which is the hemp waste or other kinds of waste with the mycelium, and that is put in molds to grow. And after the growth, we then bake it off in an oven to kill the mycelium. And then you have, have basically a very strong and light product. Yeah. So it, it binds the soil or the product together and makes it strong as well. Or Yes, indeed. Yeah. Let me show you an article, an item. It's probably, uh, I, I have also have to explain it, of course. But what I'm holding here is a packaging for a skin cream bottle. Now, yeah. I'll take the bottle out and you can now, uh, I now have only the packaging. And it has the shape of the, the bottle in it? Yes, indeed. It has the shape of the bottle. The outer shape is rectangular so that you can put it in a box. The inner shape follows exactly the shape of the bottle so that the bottle is in there, properly protected and nicely nudged into the shape. And if I take a close look, what I then see is the fibers wrapped around a sort of white layer. The white layer is the mycelium that goes all around and through the fibers. And now together, this is a package that is strong. I can, I can hit it, uh, I can drop it on the floor, it will stay intact. And for that reason, uh, it is also protective. And besides, just like styrofoam, it's really light. It weighs only 100 grams per liter. 
And last but not least, it's also insulating. So if I make this a closed package, I can keep my products cool or warm in there. So all those properties make it an ideal material for packaging and a beautiful alternative for the styrofoam. Yeah. So do you have to add something also before you bake it off or is it just the, the natural products or so that it, oh, so, it doesn't yeah. crumble apart or? Yeah. So if you bake it off, uh, it means you, uh, you, A, you dehydrate it because there's moisture in the package while it's alive. And while taking away that moisture, the product, the, the mycelium will die. Plus, of course, the hot, the high temperature of 80 degrees. And after that, this is a stable product. And people ask me, well, but will there mushrooms come out of here? No, there won't be mushrooms. <laughs> this is that. But what, what happens if it gets wet? Well, basically, the mycelium skin that is, let's say, all around the product that I hold in my hand is hydrophobic. So you could even put water in there and it will run off again. So you can't water it and then grow new mushrooms. This is a that product. Yeah. So it's water resistant, fire resistant, I even saw. Yeah, you've read that well, indeed. It's also a a fire retardant. So that makes it also an interesting product for the building industry. Uh, You can insulate your house with mycelium panels. And I always uh, make it this joke. If you ever try to put your champignon on fire, and uh, I'm pretty sure most people don't try to do that, but if they would, it would not catch fire because the material does not really burn. Of course, the hemp fibers in the structure will, well, they will not burn, but they will smolder. They will ashen away. Of course, everything will be destroyed by a fire, but this is a good retarder. And that's what we need in buildings. If there's a fire, you need to have the time to get out of the building. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. That's makes it such an interesting product also for other industries, not only yeah. packaging. And so it's mostly also a really nice and sustainable option for styrofoam. Could you explain a little bit about the disadvantages of using styrofoam? It's not very sustainable and you cannot recycle it properly. I read somewhere as well. Well, where shall I start? Disadvantages (laughs) of styrofoam. Um, First of all, of course, it's made of oil and the official name is EPS, expanded polystyrene. So polystyrene is some kind of plastic, usually oil-based. Well, and if we then look into that, When it's oil-based, it means it does not come from the Netherlands and it does not come from any country close to us. Besides, taking oil out of the the ground is is taking something out of the earth that has been there for millions of years because it takes so long to develop. So we're destroying something that we can never make good again. So using plastics as packaging is absolutely not an ideal thing. It's often forgotten because, in, for example, in the packaging world, we speak about the two main packaging materials that we use, which is A, paper, cardboard, made from trees, and B, plastic, made from oil. Of course, there's other things like, st- like glass and, and metal, but the paper and the plastics are the biggest groups. When we look at cardboard, this is made in sustainable forests, meaning that When you take a forest, you take one plot out of that forest where you cut the trees and and make packaging off. Then uh, next year you take another plot and only 30 years later you come back to the first plot and guess what? There's new trees there. So that is really a sustainable way of managing forests and therefore making paper products. But this is something that's impossible in the plastic industry. When we take the oil out of there, I think we can basically say, take it out of there forever. It can never be replaced again because it takes so long. That's what what is one of the big advantages. doing irreparable damage to the earth, to the planet, by using oil-based products. Then, to make the styrofoam, you have to expand it. It's called expanded PS. 
meaning that you use some sort of gas, which is a quite a, uh, let's say, a CO2 aggressive gas that, that expands the material. And then you're going to ship that very light material over long distances, which causes enormous impact on CO2 emissions because of all the, the transport you have to do. Then the end of life, because all the things that I've now mentioned are more about, let's say, the raw materials, the beginning of life of the packaging material. But at the end of life, what do you do with it? Unlike many people say or think, you really can recycle styrofoam properly. It's possible. However, suppose that you have one full truck of styrofoam, you have to bring that to a recycling plant. You're basically bringing only maybe 200 kilos of styrofoam back to a plant where you then recycle that again. So also that has quite some, say, environmental impact. And then comparing that to a product like ours, like the, the, the mycelium, this is something that can be composted because it's basically only consisting of natural materials. The hemp or other waste uh, stream, the mycelium comes from nature and it go, can go back into nature. So you can compost it in your own garden. It's also marine compostable, so it doesn't harm the seas if it lands in the sea. Just like when leaves during autumn fall in the water, you can just uh, no put the package, packaging, for, if you would want, in your garden. Like put it on the soil, you don't have to do anything with it. How long would that take? To decompose? Yeah, it will. Uh, it will take some time. Uh, yeah, it's a bit boring answer, but it's it depends because if you try to compost something on the North Pole at minus thirty degrees, then it probably will never compost. Whereas if you do that in Indonesia, where it is plus thirty degrees with high humidity, then it will maybe take a few weeks. And also, it depends whether or not you put it as a as a complete product in your garden or if you crumble it in small pieces. That then in small pieces it will also go away quickly. Yeah. I think it's so interesting and also pretty elegant, especially for like packaging products. That's usually the packages are usually uh, immediately our waste. And to use something like plastic that is so sturdy and so durable for years and years to just after one time, just throw it away in a bin is so counterintuitive. Well, and Absolutely. on the other yeah. side, you have something that's biocompostable and well, also will degrade. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much better from that uh, respect. and. Uh, I mean, when you look at plastic, I always say, at least try to reuse it as long as you can, because now that we've had, we have it in our hands, yeah, you cannot put it back in the soil anymore. Why don't we use it multiple times? That's the solution for packaging. Reuse as much as you can. By the way, that's also a solution for our product, because to make this, we still need equipment. We still need to grow it. We still need to bake it off, which is all still costing energy. So also the mycelium, we try to make it for to make as long lasting as possible. So when we can use the packaging twice, even better. Yeah. What was your personal motivation to move your way into this company as well? But also earlier on, you were also already looking at sustainable packaging options. What is your personal driving force behind this? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I always say, essentially, there's only two big problems in this world. And that is that we do not respect nature and we do not respect each other. We try to contribute to solving these problems with the company, that uh, with Gronbio. We try to have as, as, as diverse a team as possible in uh, the factory, uh, the people who make the molds, the people who fill the products, the people who sell it, who market it. I really see that as one of the, the big society problems that people are so quickly, let's say, in conflicts or fights with each other, whereas with a bit more respect, we could probably get a whole lot further. And the same applies to nature. We don't respect nature as it is. And with this, let's say, solution, mycelium products, we can make it a bit nicer. We can make the world a bit nicer. And 
that is something that I, I saw when I started my packaging consulting company because before grown, that's what I did. The only thing I did then was, uh, was to really look at ways how to reduce the impact. So if people would ask me, can you find us a cheaper box or a smaller bag? Well, it, I would only take up if it's really, would, it, would, it was only uh, sustainable with a sustainability focus that I did the jobs. And that is why I got so enthusiastic about the, uh, the mycelium, because that is really a miracle and can help societal problems today. Hi, this is Jessica. Want to see what grown bios products look like and read more on mycelium and Jan Berbe? Go to getinspiredbylight.com. Do you see a shift in the way people look at sustainability, sustainable options in, for instance, the building industry in these five years? Do you see something changing or is it still a slow process? Yes and yes, it is a slow process. But yes, I do see changes in the good direction, simply because more and more people knock on our door for, for sustainable alternatives for packaging and also for building. Another, uh, let's say, indicator, because the discussion about price, our material, we are still a small company, we make mainly half a million products per year, whereas probably 5 million or 10 million products per year is much more realistic in comparison to the existing styrofoam industry. Well, we'll get there, but it takes, uh, takes one or two more years. But what we see is that because of the fact that we are smaller and a little bit more expensive, in the beginning, eight out of the 10 discussions was, what does it cost? And if it's comparable to what I pay now, I'm happy to, to jump over. Of course, I did not have good news there because we, will, we were not. Today, I would say that maybe only half of the questions I get is, what does it cost? Many people, many more people say, I don't really mind if it's more expensive. I just want to contribute in the way I can. So let's get this. Yeah. I would like to focus a bit more on the building industry and what mycelium can do in this industry. You talked a little bit about the insulation, that it can replace styrofoam in insulation. The building industry is pretty, well, carbon emissive industry. Do you think mycelium is one of the biggest solutions? I think that at the stage where we are now in moving to a more bio-based building industry, it's too early to say that, uh, that mycelium is the solution, but it is absolutely a top X, a top five or top three, uh, let's say, player in the, in the solutions that exist. We see that already because we are already making insulation panels and we are already selling them to the building industry. So yes, uh, it has really, really good potential in this industry for one important reason, which is that if you want to make an impact, this product that we make, the based on hemp fibers, but you can also use other fibers like cattail or miscanthus, so known as elephant's grass. All those plants, where well they grow, they capture CO2. We know, for example, that hemp has captured roughly 3,3 kilos of CO2 per kilo of hemp. So basically, if you hold a kilo of hemp in your hands, you will have 3,3 kilos of captured CO2. If you then make mycelium products out of that, insulation panels, of course, during the process steps that we take, you will also emit some CO2. But at the end of the process, including, I believe, 250 kilometers of shipping, you still have half of those 3,3 kilos still in the product, meaning that it you can you could argue that it's then becoming a CO2 negative product. It's not emitting, but it still has CO2. Balance is really good. And if you then stick that in between the walls of your house, you're going to let that CO2 sit there for 20, 30, 40 years. So it's also a beautiful carbon sink, which is why I think it's one of the beautiful reasons to help contribute to the to the CO2 problem. problem. Yeah, it's that durable. It can go into your house for like 30, 40, 50 hundreds of years. 
Yes, it's uh, very durable. Of course, we do not have the experience so long, but I mean, I, in my house, I have products that, uh, that are now 10 years old, products that, that I took with me from Ecovative, that, uh, and they are still uh, very good. And uh, the sample I just showed you is also now two, two and a half years old. Well, it's still the same as when I, uh, when I took it. So if you put it in between your wall, I basically would say you need to make sure it's well ventilated so that it stays dry. Because many bio-based materials, when they get wet, they may start to, let's say, decompose or become bad. But if you have a good, well-ventilated space, it can stay there for a long time. Yeah. And, and it's uh, performance-wise, it's the same as styrofoam or insulation? Nearly. Or... But styrofoam is not really the comparison for, uh, for insulation. There's other materials that are much better. And that's also one of the, let's say, the R&D objectives that we have to make our insulation value of our product even better. I think we are now at roughly 90% of what styrofoam does. But besides styrofoam, you also have PIR, PIR and PUR for the urethane. They have better insulation properties. So to compete with that, you need to have a thicker insulation panel of mycelium than, than, than the existing materials, which are fossil-based, which is what many companies do. They just say, okay, well, let's just make it 10% or 20 or 30% thicker. And then I have the same insulation value. Besides the material also has a certain strength. It may even have some functionality in the construction of a house because of its own integral strength, which means that existing architects, existing builders need to start looking at this material from scratch because it, it means that the other parts of the building also need to or can change and can become maybe less. Also supporting structures like beams or... Yeah, for example, beams, yeah. Well, I, I would not do that right away, but you may have seen the growing pavilion that we have made yes. for the, the design week, or well, we grew the panels. They have a function more than just being pretty or being insulated. Yeah, it's really interesting and also hopeful, <laughs> which is also nice in this this time. Absolutely, yeah. It uh, it helps that uh, that we have also some some topics that give us hope for a better future. Yeah. And I think one of the advantages, you can grow it anywhere, like locally, you don't have to go to an oil field, like for instance, with plastic, get the oil out, transport it somewhere. You can grow the mycelium or the, the packaging anywhere. Is that true? Or Yeah, that is true. And that is even, let's say, demonstrated because that, uh, of the fact that we also sell the same material that we use in our factory to individual people, hobbyists, designers, architects that use a so-called GIY kit, grow it yourself kit, to grow something themselves. And we oh, see that's really the most nice. beautiful creations that they make. I mean, we see people growing a helmet, people growing wall panels. I, uh, you check our Instagram, you see that all the, the kinds of products that people grow and also many experimental things. So what happens? If I put spinach in between in the in the substrate, will it then become green? Or if I put coffee waste in there, will it become brown? So many things you can do with it. All right. And you can just bake it in your own oven. You don't have to Indeed. heat it. Yeah. It's Indeed. like you said yes. 80 degrees Celsius, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not yeah. super hot. No, either. no, it's not so hot. And that also makes it well, not such a let's say such a very energy. Still you need yeah. to use energy, but it's reasonable. It's not uh, like steel ceramics. No, no, right? that's, I mean, making steel requires a lot, lot uh, higher temperature. Yeah. 
Are there any downsides? <laughs> um, are there any downsides? Well, it's an unknown product to start with. So we still need to develop experience and, and knowledge about the behavior. Because currently we make nearly everything we do with the hemp. Now, let's say that we put, we put cattail uh, in the product. Cattail is a, is a water plant uh, that is, uh, you can recognize it because it has a brown top like a cigar. And that is a very light material. It's much lighter than hemp. So we have been working on creating insulation panels also mixed with cattail. Our theory behind that is that if we put a lighter product in there, there will be more air and the product will become more insulative. Possibly it will make the product a little bit less strong. And so changing the formula of the recipe that you use may change the end properties and the downside, maybe not it's a downside, but at least it's something that, that is just homework. We need to learn much more about the product and about its characteristics. Yeah, it's interesting. When looking at the building sector and what do you hope architects and designers will do with this material? Yes, yeah, good question. My, my thought is that the most logical next step for insulation products in the build, for, for mycelium products in the building industry is insulation. In our web shop, we also have these uh, mycelium bricks, large and small, but I would not b build a house. So the bricks are more used to create just a nice small wall in your house that you can build and, and take down again and place on somewhere else. So it's more of a, let's say, a playful object to, uh, to do something. But the, insula the insulation panels do have their, their real function to keep your home warm, well uh, insulated. But in theory, well, when looking at a house, you could make the, the panels, the facade, the insulation, the, the, the furniture on the inside. Well, basically, yes, you have may, may have seen that we have also grew, grown some chairs and tables made of mycelium. And it's strong enough to sit on. So yeah. there's quite a lot you can do. And that is only using it in its function that we know now, eh, which is as a binder of waste streams that at the end of the growth and drying process is strong enough. But the living mushroom also has other functions. I know that, uh, and that it's something that is not our field of expertise, but researchers have looked at what, what happens to mycelium when you turn off the light or when you turn on the light, when you apply pressure to it. The material does respond to all those stimuli. So maybe we could even do more and learn more from mycelium in its living state. Yeah. I recently started uh, watching The Last of Us. You know oh, the series? Yeah. It also gives me a little bit, a little bit of Last of Us vibes, the <laughs> with all the imagine. spores and the. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty. But convinced. it's safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty convinced that even if the if if humans are not on the planet anymore, the mycelia or the the, the mushrooms yeah. will still be there. And it's also a well-known fact that if you look at the uh, the site where a nuclear disaster happened so many years ago, yeah, Chernobyl that the first living organisms that were seen there were mushrooms or fungi. Yeah, so they're pretty sturdy and durable. Yes, they are, yeah, and smart. They find their way to survive. Yeah, and when looking at the future, we well, this, as I said before, it seems like a pretty hopeful product also, especially to make a difference in industries like the building industry. Um, what are your thoughts on the future? What do you think uh, will happen next? Yes, yes. Well, our, our thought, because we are currently a, a startup or maybe somewhere between being a startup and a scale-up, our intention is to make sure this grows. Uh, just getting bigger as a company so that we can 
offer more uh, of our product to more companies who need bio-based packaging. And in the future, also bio-based insulation panels. So the real focus is on scaling up and getting bigger and making sure we don't only have a factory here in the Netherlands, but also one in Germany, one in France, and other countries in Europe. And I think that at the same time or in parallel to that, since the interest for alternative and low impact materials is, is increasing and increasing and increasing, we also see that the market is more and more ready to, to take that, to take that up. Yeah. And is the process of making these products or easy or simple enough for companies to also have their own like factory inside their own factory if they produce other things like so so that they produce their own packaging material or their own insulation material? Well, in theory, yes, that might be possible because we just mentioned uh, the waste streams that we use, basically mainly hemp. But let's say that we move our factory over to an area somewhere in Germany. It's not said that over there, it's not certain that over there, there are the same waste streams. Maybe we are going to have to work with another organic waste stream. So we will have to mix it with that new stream. And the nice thing is that you can, that allows you to work really local. And in theory, we could maybe even say we will build our mycelium factory inside your factory, dear customer, so that you have your packaging on demand using the waste from the, from the garden. Yeah, or from the, the roadsides or just... Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's really nice. And, uh, and one of the things that we've, we are now really focusing on packaging, but in the past, we've also looked at some other fields. And for example, one of the things we have made was signposts that you can see along the, along the ways, along the highway with a reflector on it. And uh, we have made these signposts from the grass that was cut from the sides of the road. So literally a circular product. And we, well, with those, we have even managed to make the reflector biobase. How does that work? Well, um, you need to find a way uh, with mineral materials, not, on, not only bio-based materials, to reflect the light with either a white or a red background, because basically that's what a reflector does. It brings back the light. So we have found a way to apply that to a part of that signpost. Uh, and, and the end result is that you have just a, a completely bio-based slash mineral copy of the current plastic signpost. And these signposts get damaged, they disappear in the, in the side of the road where they are basically polluting the environment because it's plastic. And now with this bio-based alternative, there's uh, another way to, uh, to uh, make the world a little bit beautiful, more beautiful. Yeah, interesting. I'm also directly thinking about my parents and my sister, they have a garden center and all these plants are packaged in plastic pots and it's a really a huge waste stream and also it feels really counterintuitive to grow and sell plants in a plastic pot so i was directly thinking about oh this would be like a very good solution for that yeah. as well well let me then uh show you and and explain to you uh another solution or another thing that we've made what i hold in my hands is a, a packaging of one of our first customers called heckles in the uk and uh what you see is a package with a paper wrapper around it and the paper wrapper to start with is a very interesting one because if you open it and look at it from the inside you see small dark spots and these dark spots are actually strawberry seeds mm. then the package consists of uh, a top and a bottom if you take off the top you will see the real product that's protected which is a double walled glass candle very sensitive that's why we really wrap it all around in the mycelium and the top if you turn it around, basically 
it makes a pot. Oh, and yeah. this pot yeah. is actually used to fill with soil. Then you tear the paper with the strawberry seeds in there in pieces, put them in between the soil, water them, and a few uh, weeks later, you have your fresh strawberries from your own strawberry plant in your mycelium plant pot. Hmm. So it's, it's absolutely possible. Yeah, I'll tell it to them. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you very much. This was the Gibble podcast with Jan Barbé of Grown Bio. Read more about his projects on getinspiredbylight.com. My next guest is Anne-Jaap Dijnen, director of the Dutch Federation for Electrical Engineering. How can Europe transition to renewable energy? And what part can lighting play? When we change from today to tomorrow completely to LED, we will save 6.5 terawatt hour directly. That's one nuclear plant in the Netherlands. One nuclear plant? That sounds big. <laughs> that's, that's big. Get Inspired by Light is an initiative of Trilux.